illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw, and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heiner Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heiner Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host and the big bald guy behind the grill, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me, as always, from the Twin Pines Vineyards and Airbnb, the director of Thermodynamic Limit Immersion, my co-host and brother, The Beach. How you doing, Beach? Oh, just living the dream, Billy, every freaking day. Any- you know, I, I I got home tonight, and uh, I, I, like, take off my shirt, and it smells like smoke. And I'm like, well, I didn't smoke today. Yeah. So, I don't know. Have you had that same problem? No, I always smell like pizza. Oh, okay. So, well, that's a good thing to smell like. Yeah, that's um, everybody else around me thinks. What What was that? Everybody around me thinks that. Oh, you smell so good. No, I don't. I smell like freaking <laughs> onions. I think it's more like garlic and tomato sauce, but all right. Probably. whatever. The purpose of so, the legal but... participation is for us to talk beaver sports, tailgating, and anything else we find interesting every week, and just generally have some fun. I want to remind everyone, you can call, uh, listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and any other podcatcher you'd like. If you want to get in touch with us, there's a couple ways. HeinrichTailgaterGmail.com, at HeinrichTailgater on Twitter, and HeinrichTailgater on Facebook. Hey, Billy, did you read that uh, post on Facebook on my memory from a year ago? Uh, No. What was it? Uh, One of our fans. Hold on. I'm going to shoot. I don't know if I can make this work. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, hold on. This is on your feed? Uh, I took a pic. I took a picture of it just in case I missed it. Uh, Shane McCormick. Do you know Shane? Yeah, I know Shane. Shane says because I posted a memory of us. Uh, uh, it was cheesesteak day today. And Shane says I can't remember much about that game, but I do know that a Heine cheesesteak soaked up about a wheelbarrow full of vodka that I drank pregame. 
that sandwich did the trick. In this uh, in this an election year, I'm trying not to drink so much vodka. Hate to be accused of Russian tampering in the election. There you go. Yeah, I thought that was pretty good. So I just thought I'd share that with you in case you missed it. Oh, no, I did see it. And now, now that you read it, I do remember seeing it. Okay. So anyway, did we get any uh, emails or, or messages from uh, over last week? Nope, no emails. I looked. So disappointing. Yeah. I mean, we try so hard, and, you know, sometimes it's nice to know people just appreciate you in a way. Yeah. Well, we got a lot of listens, so that's always good. That's good. Yeah. All right, Beads, ready to talk some um, Beavers and Pac-12 news? <laughs> what little there is out there, Billy, let's get to it. Considering that the Pac-12 and the Beavers have no sports practice or uh, uh, participating right now, yeah, pretty much. Uh, but right now, Beads, we do have a little bit of Big Ten news. You know, this is really sad for the millennials because it's like you don't even get a participation trophy. No, well, they probably will. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we do have a little bit of Big Ten news today, Beej. What's going on in the Big Ten, Billy? So, Beej, now the Big Ten's got twelve teams, right? Correct. And the Big Twelve's got ten teams, right? Correct. Okay, just always try to clarify that. Yeah. So, um, the Big Ten presidents and chancellors, Beach, have been meeting but have not voted on whether to start the fall football season after hearing updated medical information and other presentations on a potential return to play. Now, Sunday marked the second major meeting uh, that weekend between the Big Ten's Return to Competition Task Force and university presidents and chancellors. Now, Saturday's meeting was smaller and included only eight of the presidents and chancellors. Sunday's video conference was an opportunity for all three of the task force's subcommittees, medical, TV, and football scheduling, to present their plans to all 14 presidents and chancellors. Yeah, actually, Beach, technically the Big Ten has 14 teams now because there were 12. But then they added Nebraska and Maryland a couple years ago. Okay. Yeah, so but the Big Ten is still – the Big 12 is still at 10. Correct. Okay. Now, Beach, Sunday's presentation also broadened beyond the medical component to include more specifics about how and when the Big Ten could start the season, along with possible dates and medical thresholds that each team must meet in order to return. Now, a potential start date of October 17th is one option being discussed, according to sources, and likely mm. would allow Big Ten teams to compete, excuse me, to complete the regular season before the college football playoff selections are made. Now, six Big Ten teams appeared in the AP, AP preseason poll, including number two, Ohio State, and number seven, Penn State. So now, they would essentially just get rid of all bye weeks and get rid of all non-conference and just have two... Um, well, it would give them, it would give them but, like 10 like weeks a, to play nine games or okay. nine weeks to play eight games. I can't remember. I think eight, eight weeks to play, nine weeks to play eight games. Well, you'd have essentially seven teams in each conference, or in the north and the south, however you want to break apart the, the groups. So if you had seven teams, uh, what would that be? I don't know. Yeah. yeah, four or five. Yeah, you can make that work. Now, Beach. And then have a championship game. Yeah, now we're recording this Monday night, and if the presidents decide to vote this week, Big Ten bylaws require at least 60% of member institutions so at least nine of the 14, to approve major actions. That means six presidents or chancellors would have to change their minds from the last time they voted. Because the last time they voted, only Ohio State, Iowa, and Nebraska voted to play the season. Yeah, but you know what's going to happen is their finances are going to be looking so bad at this point in time, they're going to be desperate for any kind of cash influx they can get. 
I agree. You know, the, the, you know, it's funny people sit there and they can, they can stand on their, their high horse and, and sound all noble. But when it comes, and I mean, you know, and it's funny, the older I get, the more you realize everything revolves around money. Everything does. And when things don't make sense, it's usually because there's money involved. Mm -hmm. And uh, like I said, it's easy to stay right at the beginning when there was no impact on your finances, or at least not, not a seeable impact that you're thinking, oh, we can stand on this. And all of a sudden, when you start seeing the reality of it all, and that's your big cash cows not bringing in your money, then suddenly you're going to be like, you know, I think we can take some, some liberties here and, and allow this to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you do. Yeah. That and the fact that you, everybody's going to get a pay cut. Yeah. Well, now there are some things coming out that said either the entire conference will play or nobody will play. Mm. So, but that's just a rumor right now. Majority tyranny. You got to love it. Mm -hmm. So anyways, that's where we're at right now. But now Beach. There's been some rumblings about the Pac-12 because we talked last week about the availability of the rapid testing that will be available mm -hmm. at all of the um, member institutions uh, by the end of this month. Mm -hmm. Well, Beach, the Pac-12's most aggressive return plan is currently targeting a mid to late November restart, according to a source familiar with the league's discussions. So, but that mean pretty much puts the national the national title out of national playoffs out of. Well, possibly. Contention. Now, see, the the new um, testing systems will be available at every campus by the end of the month. The league still expects to need a short time to train staff how to use them and ensure proper testing protocols are in place. Plus, schools in the states of Oregon and California still have not been cleared by public health officials to resume contact practices, let alone games. Hmm. Now the league's presidents and chancellors. So Washington has. Yes. Hmm. Now the league's presidents and chancellors wouldn't consider a vote to return until that status changes. Ideally, the PAC 12 would like its teams to have six weeks to practice and physically prepare for the season. The source said so to get a mid November start between now and, and, and then when the, when the test arrives, the PAC 12 would need to be cleared by public health officials. The source said so late November could be a more realistic um, start date considering the double crisis with the pandemic and the wildfires that continue to blaze through the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, Matt. Well, you know, nice thing is the, uh, the Oregon schools, at least Oregon and Oregon state have indoor practice facilities. So at least they could theoretically start practicing. They don't have to be outdoors sucking in that air. True. So mm -hmm. it was funny. I, I've got, I had to go get gas the last couple of days and uh, both places. It's funny, you know, I'm not trusted to fill my own gas uh, tank here in Oregon unless I'm in a rural area in the middle of the night or if uh, the air is too hazardous for an employee to be out there so I can pump my own. Yeah, what what the hell is that? I, it's just they make up the rules as they go and, and, and yeah. nothing matters. It just shows it's you how matter. arbitrary that stupid rule is. Exactly. Right. There's a little note on the Chevron station. It says, due to the safety of our employees, they have chosen not to work and you have to pump your own gas. Well, thank you so much. I'd rather you're pump my own gas. On the I don't you, even care about that. I just want to pump my own gas so I can get in, yeah. get my shit and get the hell out. That, that's half it is the delay. But the question is, are you going to give me a break on your labor then since you're not paying for the labor? But I'm sure your prices haven't been adjusted for that. Yeah. Anyways. What do they say? A third, a, I think, what do they say on a typical business? Uh, uh, a third goes to your cost, a third goes to labor, and a third goes to overhead. Is that right? So much. take off a third for me, please. 
So anyway, well, there's, there's still going to be labor involved getting it in there. Yeah, I suppose, but, but yeah, not a whole hell of a lot. Anyway, so where are, where are we at now, Billy? What what was that noise? Holy, holy crap, Billy! Yes, Beach. I, 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 it's printing out here. Hold on one second. Hold on. Okay, gotta rip it off. Uh, Billy. Yes, Beach. This just in. University of Oregon looks at expanding bachelor degree programs due to changes in needs of current student body. Huh. The U of O announced that it is looking at adding three new degrees to its current offerings. These degrees are pyrotechnic studies, urban art and design with a focus on Krylon and Rustoleum, <laughs> and petrology and mineralogy and its impacts on society and glass. The U of O has said that while they're doing serious field feasibility studies on these potential degrees, a final decision will not be made on their implementation until the morning of November 4th. Huh. Yeah, I think that's because a lot of their undergrads right now are, are, are actually doing more uh, non-sanctioned studies on this uh, in the Portland area. Doing some field work? So, what? Yeah, so the U of O has decided that they might as well start off with themselves and take some money from the these parents of these young malaligned kids or from the government uh, uh, loans that they will soon sign for. Anyway, so there we go. News from Eugene. There you go. That's right. You know, it's nice to see the, the University of Oregon is so proactive in, in uh, taking care of their student body. Meeting the needs of the, of the ever-changing needs of the student body. Exactly. Kind of goes back to my comment earlier about following the money, doesn't it? Mm, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. So, yeah, I really liked petrology and mineralogy and its impacts on society and glass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, a lot of so, impact. Anyway, yeah, a lot of impact. All right, Beach. Well, last week, well, let's see, Beach. It is now time to go under further review for week number two in the NCAA. After further review, the runner did cross the line. The Touchdown. Okay. So, Beach, um, last week we decided, you know what, we're going to pick some games because we don't have a Pac-12 games to pick, but we can still pick some games and uh, kind of keep our little our little little game going here with you, me, and Kyle. I hate you, Kyle. Mm-hmm. And uh, just see how our picks go. So I just randomly went, there's not a lot of games, obviously. I think there was 20-something last week. So I just went out and picked six. So I figure okay. I'll pick six games a week, and we'll just I'll just kind of pick them, and we'll just, just see how it goes. So I picked okay. six games last week, and obviously, uh, I think we talked about it, and I got Kyle's picks here too. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. Okay, so you ready? I'm ready. All right, Beach. First up last week was Syracuse at number nine eighteen North Carolina. Do you remember who you took? You know, Billy, I was drunk and hungover, and uh, it was a it was a rough day for me. Yeah. So I might not remember at all who I picked. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Beach, you took Syracuse. Okay. Kyle and I took North Carolina. How'd I do? North Carolina running back Javante Williams ran for three fourth-quarter touchdowns to help the 18th-ranked Tar Heels pull away and beat Syracuse 31-6 to on Saturday, winning God. in an empty stadium after the school opted to open with no fans in attendance. Not a single fan. Nope. Looks like the rapture happened, I bet. Now, after a game-opening touchdown drive, the Tar Heels sputtered with turnovers and penalties before ultimately settling into a rhythm 
to look like the team expected to be a contender in the ACC race. You know what would suck about playing in the, I mean, for one thing, it probably feels like a scrimmage. And mm-hmm. second thing is all of the, the typical, not just the noise of the fans, but also like the noise of the announcer. Do, do they have the announcer talking at all? Uh, like over the loudspeaker, like the state, I don't yeah. the, Why have a stadium, uh, guy? Why I don't know, but I mean, you would just like, and that's another Bieber first down, Da-da, you know, yeah. I mean, without that, I mean, it's kind of weird. It would be weird or, yeah. you know, with, um, uh, without the jump around for, uh, what's their names? Wisconsin. Yeah. Without Wisconsin doing the jump around or mm-hmm. without us doing uh, ACDC yeah. on the fourth quarter. Yeah. It just, it's gotta be weird. Kind of weird. Almost eerie. I'd be like, yeah, I mean, yeah. Anyway. But you still didn't get a win there. So Kyle and I with a point. I suck worse than a paper straw. Yep. Next up, Beach was the University of Louisiana Monroe at Army. I think I picked the Monroe. Did I pick Army or did I pick Monroe? You took the University of uh, Louisiana Monroe and so did Kyle. Yeah, because I don't like – Army, Navy, all of those, I never have cared for when it comes to their football teams. I don't know why. I'm just bitter. Yeah, I'm glad you hate the troops. So Army yeah. running backs Christian Anderson and Jacoby Buchanan ran for two touchdowns apiece, and Army beat Louisiana Monroe 37-7 to on Saturday. Sandy McCoy, who scored three touchdowns in a season opening 42 to nothing victory over Middle Tennessee State last weekend, added the 14th of his career with a two-yard drive for a 14 to nothing first-quarter lead. I would like to point out the fact that I, you know, because I could be a future political contender again. So I'd like to point out that I do love our troops and I do support our troops, but I've just never cared for their football teams. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Army, because they play an independent schedule and they kind of basically had to rebuild their schedule this year. I, I think that's what always bugs me because you never see anything about those schools except when they play each well, other. Back in the day, Army used to be a hell of a football team. Really? Oh, yeah. They used to be great back in like the 30s. But, in the 30s. Well, I'm just really, saying that was 90. That was 90 I, years ago. I understand ago. that, but I'm just saying they used to be damn tough. But uh-huh. and, and and now they've just it's harder for them to compete with everything that goes on. But anyways, um, they've got 10 home games this year. Wow. Army does, yeah, because they basically That's had like, to rebuild their schedule. So. So all their games are at home. That's mm-hmm. got to be tough. Yep. So anyways, um, <laughs> I got the win there. You and Kyle did not. Next up, Beach Duke at number 10, Notre Dame. I took Notre Dame. So did Kyle, and so did I. Now, the number 10 Irish rode Kyron Williams' big day to a 27-13 victory over Duke on Saturday at rainy Notre Dame Stadium in the season and Atlantic Coast Conference opener for both teams. Now, the victory was Notre Dame's 19th straight at home and the first for the Fighting Irish in a conference after 132 years as an independent. Now, because of COVID-19, the Irish are playing the season as a member of the ACC. The school announced a crowd of 10,097 people, 90% of them students, that attended the game in a stadium that seats 77,600. So the first, you know, was first like, time there, there ever a, they've been in a conference game for there football. Was a, there was a, uh, there was a uh, day. How many people showed up and how big was the stadium? 10,000, a little over 10,000. And a stadium that seats seventy-seven six. 
Okay. You know, it's like David Letterman once said in one of his uh, monologues, there's nothing more satisfying than two-thirds of a standing ovation. So <laughs> there must be something similar to that for a football stadium where it's nothing more satisfying than 10% of a full stadium. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. All right. So we all got the point there. Up next, Beach, Georgia Tech at Florida State. I think I picked FSU. Correct, and so did Kyle. I, on the other hand, took Georgia Tech. You sound all snobby about that, so I'm guessing they won. Well, Georgia Tech had not won an ACC road game to open a season since 1996. So odds were in Kyle's in my favor, but how did those in actuality turn out, Billy? Well, understand, Beach, that was long before anyone on the roster was actually born. That makes me feel sad. But the Yellow Jackets now have a significant win to build on in year two under coach Jeff Collins. True freshman Jeff Sims, who was once a Florida State commit, threw for 277 yards and a TD as Georgia Tech defeated the Seminoles 16-13 on Saturday night. Jordan Mason also ran 14 times for 55 yards, including a 19-yard touchdown run as Georgia Tech won its fourth straight regular season game in the series with Florida State. Good times. Yeah. Okay, Beach, up next, number one, Clemson at Wake Forest. Obviously, a lot of ACC games because they're some of the only – that's one of the only <laughs> leagues only that's actually playing. playing yeah. I, I think I grabbed Clemson on this one. Yeah, you did. So did Kyle, and so did I. Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence completed 22 of 28 passes for 351 yards and combined for three touchdowns as the number one Tigers continued their domination of Wake Forest with a 37-13 victory in the season opener for both teams. Now, Trevor, uh, Travis Attain, Attain, I can't remember how to say this. It's freaking French. Ran for 102 yards and a touchdown for Clemson, which improved to 70-5 since the start of the 2015 season under coach Dabo Sweeney. Awesome. Yep, so we all got the win there. And our last game of the week uh, was uh, University of Texas El Paso, UTEP, at number 14, Texas. Uh, Texas. Yes, all three of us did. Texas made quick and easy work of the Miners as Sam Ellinger threw a career-high five touchdowns in the first half of a 59-3 romp that Coach Tom Herman called cathartic. Now, Ellinger threw a 78-yard touchdown to Joshua Moore on the first play. The second-leading passer in program history finished with 426 yards, and he left the game midway through the third quarter with Colt McCoy's single-game records for yards at 470 and touchdowns at six, easily within reach had he stayed on the field. Wow. Yeah. So there you go. So, Beach, we all got the point there. So after week number one, you were at three out of six. Kyle was at four out of six. And then I did okay. What were you, six out of six? I, I was six out of six, yes. I was, I was trying not to rub it in. Like lick my left nut. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, we'll, we've got six more games that I sent you guys this week that we'll pick in a little bit. So, Beach, it is now time to talk about the Pac-12 in the polls. <laughs> was there movement of anybody's poll uh yeah everybody in the polls moved <laughs> okay okay so in the ap poll there's no pac-12 teams and in the coaches poll 
There's no Pac-12 teams. And in the AP poll, there's no Big Ten teams. And same with the coaches poll. Everybody, all those teams dropped out. Because they have no games to, to compete against. Correct. So nice. basically you had 10 teams. So you had 10 so, teams so enter the AP poll and 10 teams enter the uh, the coaches poll. So, so let me get this straight. So in a normal season, arbitrary people that don't know crap pick the teams and put them in positions. And ultimately they stay in those positions unless something really rocks them, right? Pretty much, yeah. Yet when the teams don't play at all, they get kicked right out of the thing, even though they don't have a positive or negative record. Kind of. Whole damn thing's just BS as far as I'm concerned. There's no reason why you have to – people start in the top positions. I, you I, know? I agree. I mean, it's you know, it's one thing if you're watching a, uh, a race and because of the, the qualifiers in a – like a not like I really care about NASCAR, but, you know, your qualifiers put you in where you start in the, in the race, right? Mm-hmm. But really, for the most part, everybody's really within a good position of, of moving forward. They're all really tight, right? But in football, you know, you could be down at number 12 or 14, which is still pretty darn good. But sometimes it'll take an act of God and Congress to get you when you're close to number one. Oh, no, I agree. There's, there's a lot, a lot dependent on when you start out. Especially since those top, those top teams usually pick gimmies outside of their own conference. I agree. Yeah, just BS. Anyway, not impressed. Just confirms my view. Yep. So the polls are just a mess, obviously. All right. So, Beach, it is now time for the Tommy Tuberville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. <laughs> jackass of the Week Award. Every week we like to discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. And, Beach, I... There's not a lot going on, right? I the, I really don't have anything. I mean, I looked and looked. I looked at high school football. I looked at college football. I looked at pro football. And without wanting to get, you know, overtly political on anything, mm-hmm. there just wasn't anything there. There wasn't anything there. Yeah. So we're going to get creative this week. Okay kind of like the Texas football program has. Okay. Okay. So, Beach, um, Texas opened up their season on the 12th at home against UTEP. We just talked about that game, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Now, most of the games have been pulled off with either no or very limited amount of fans in the stands. Now, Texas allowed around 25% capacity for their home games, and that's planned for at least the early part of the 2020 season. Now, that would technically mean that the Longhorns would play in front of a capacity of about 25,000 people. Mm -hmm. That might change, but that's what it is right now. But kind of like in the NBA and in Major League Baseball, the athletic department wanted to make it look like there was a few more people there. Mm-hmm. So they put some cardboard cutouts in the stands. Okay. To kind of fill it in and make it look like there's people there. It yeah. It's kind of they funny. They do a lot on the baseball right behind home plate. Home so plate. when the pitch, so, when, yeah. And when, people yeah. can actually pay on some of those things, like pay money to have their, mm-hmm. which is kind of funny. And hopefully they're giving that money to 
charity or whatever. Sure. But, but anyways, I, you know, I can understand. You don't want to make it look like a big giant empty place. Let's get mm-hmm. at least the illusion of that. Well, Texas decided we're going to put some people up in the nosebleed seats. And they put out cutouts of Oklahoma fans. Really? Yep. Out in the nosebleed seats of their stadium. That's funny. I, that's why that's what I found it funny too. So like I said, not really a jackass uh, award this week, but I thought it was funny. And hopefully Oklahoma does something to get them back. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, I oh. like, I like, I like uh, prank wars that are ever expanding. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. So uh, Texas, you're getting this week's. <laughs> jackass of the week award, but really it's, it's, it's more funny. So now that we've heard the jackass right there, that was, mm-hmm. that, that donkey was laughing. It wasn't laughing at you. It was laughing with you. Yeah. Yeah. So, Beautifully done. Yeah. We're just going to have to kind of take that one as it is because there's just, when there's not a lot going on normally, I mean, we've been doing this podcast for nine seasons and the jackass of the week award just kind of popped out. Remember because yeah, and there's there's always somebody there's always does something, something. somebody does something yeah, whether stupid it be in football whether it be pros or whether it be high, high school something right yeah. somebody does something just stupid where I can look at it and go God that's stupid what the hell are you thinking and that's why it's the Tommy Tuberville because he was the first four time recipient but right now there's not a lot happening so there's not a lot of jackassery being able to go on so anyways there we go we'll see what happens next week. Okay. All right, Beach. it is now time to move on to our musical interlude of the week. And this week, it is your pick. What do you got for us? Um, well, I'm hoping we didn't do this. So, so our theme is alcohol. This song's a little bit of a stretch on alcohol, but I think alcohol also extends to bars as well. Don't you think? Yeah, kind of. I can see that. Yeah, you know. And so, I mean, because there's a lot of songs I could pick from. And I actually had one song picked out. And then this one called to me. So I totally switched it up. I might bring the other song back in a future week. But this one is is a, probably a little bit more well-known song. This is a great song. And my friend Catherine, who listens to our podcast, who... Uh, she's uh, the other one? Yeah, she's the other one. Okay. Um, uh, she's a huge fan. So I figured I, I kind of thought of this one for her, too. Um, so anyway, this song peaked... And this was what shocked me. This song peaked at number 25 on the Billboard Hot 100 chart in April of 1974. Hmm. And I thought, it kind of shocked me that it peaked at number 25 because I would have figured it would have peaked at number one because, I mean, to me, it's one of the greatest songs of all time. Um, So anyway, uh, let's see what I – sorry, I threw this together pretty quick. Um, So this singer had to get away from New York due to a conflict with his then-recording company – and hence lived in Los Angeles for three years with his first wife. Since he needed work uh, to pay the bills, but he could not use his better-known name, he worked at the executive room bar as a piano player using the name Bill Martin. And um, uh, his actual name is William Martin Joel, or what we fondly know as Billy Joel. And uh, the the song is Piano Man. And we've never done this one before, have we, Billy? No. Okay. So Joel stated that all the characters depicted in the song were based on real people that he knew at the executive room bar. 
uh, John at the bar was really the bartender who worked during Joel's shift at the piano bar. Uh, Paul is a real estate novelist, refers to a real estate agent named Paul, who would sit at the bar each night working on what he believed would be the next great American novel. The Waitresses Practicing Politics refers to Joel's first wife, Elizabeth Weber, with whom he moved to Los Angeles from New York in 1972 and who worked at the executive room as a waitress while Joel played piano. So um, so that was that was interesting. And this is what I also thought was interesting. When originally issued as a single, the song was deemed too long by Columbia Records executives because the total song, and I hope you play the whole one, is five minutes and 38 seconds. Mm-hmm. So two verses were cut in half and spliced together for the release as a 45, clocking in at four minutes and 33 seconds. Uh, a promo 45 had an even shorter edit, clocking in at around three minutes. These uh, single edits were also remixed, bringing out a lot of the instrumentation like acoustic guitars and harmonics. Later, Joel uh, Joel sang a song called The Entertainer, and in it, he refers to editing of the Piano Man single by commenting, and I, I'd, I'd like to listen to the song, I've never heard it, says, it was a beautiful song, but it ran too long. If you're going to have a hit, you got to make it fit. So they cut it down to 305. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, I, I've always loved the song. I think, you know, in, in my mind, I always pictured Cheers in a way. Mm-hmm. A little bit. You know, the guys at Cheers sitting there and all the people being the the, the, the usuals. And, you, you know, and the video, I think, was for this. I think I remember seeing it. But just in general, he does such a good job of of talking the characters up. You can picture them, each one sitting there at the bar doing their thing. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so uh, that's this. So sung by uh, William Martin Joel, uh, also affectionately known as the Piano Man, from November 2nd, 1973. Uh, here is the Piano Man.
John at the bar is a friend of mine He gets me my drinks for free And he's quick with a joke or to light up your smoke But there's some place that he'd rather be He says, Bill, I believe this is killing me As a smile ran away from his face Well, I'm sure that I could be a movie star If I could get out of this place Oh, la, la, da, da, da La, la, da, 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 da Now Paul is a real estate novelist Who never had time for a wife And he's talking with David Who's still in the Navy And probably will be for And the waitress is practicing politics as the businessmen slowly get stoned. Yes, they're sharing a drink they call loneliness, but it's better. Forget about life for a while And the piano, it sounds like a carnival And the microphone smells like a beer And they sit at the bar and put bread in my jar And say, man, what are you doing here? one beach good one I, I i thought so like i said it was a little bit of a stretch but it's all about drinking alcohol and being in a bar and and uh the microphone smells like a beer and all that kind of stuff exactly exactly the the other one i picked out is um 
uh, a little different. Like I said, we'll see if it has to come around in two weeks or if I pick something different. Okay. But uh, I, I just like that song and thought, you know what? That'd be a great one for our listeners. Couple, couple comments there. It's funny that they said with that song, the executive said the song was too long because what? A year later in 75, when Queen wants to release Bohemian Rhapsody, what'd they say? Song's song too, too long. long. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. And and actually, they had to fight like hell to get that one on the air, didn't they? Yeah, and they wouldn't cut it. So yeah, so you, you know, Pete, you know, they're probably looking, you know, because they're also watching out for the radio times because the radio people need breaks in between their songs so that mm-hmm. they can probably get their advertising time in Correct. and stuff. But but you know, sometimes you just want a stairway to heaven. Yeah, especially if you're the DJ and have to go poop. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you can't make it happen, yeah. and, you know, yep. get one stuck sideways. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? <laughs> All righty, Beach. Well, it is time to move on to our uh, week three preview of NCAA games. I, again, went through and picked out six games that just looked good to me. And we will go through them now. Okay. Okay, Beach. First up, Appalachian State at Marshall. Um, I'm going to pick Marshall because it reminds me of the Marshall Tucker band. Okay. Can't you see? Oh, can't you see? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Kyle says app state because the apps are, can be the best part of the meal. And I too, am going to take Appalachian state. Okay. Up next, South Florida at Notre Dame. Where does that coach wasn't it was it the the coach the former coach of Oregon? Did he come from South Florida? Where did he come from? He came from South Florida. Okay. You're talking about Willie? Yeah, the worthless guy who Oregon got lucky not having to pay off his contract and then he goes and becomes worthless at didn't he go become worthless at Florida State? Uh Yeah, he got fired at Florida State. Yeah. After what, two years? Mm-hmm. And they had to pay off Oregon's balance of his contract to take him. And boy, there's a guy who sold a whole lot of nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go with Notre Dame. Sounds like they're going to be pretty solid this year. Okay, Brian's going Notre Dame. Kyle says, Notre Dame, touchdown Jesus. I too am taking Notre Dame. All right, Beach, up next. A lot of these games are Florida. Just interesting. Only one of some of the only places they're playing football. I was going to say because they got pretty loose rules on the COVID. Yep. Number 21, University of Central Florida at Georgia Tech. Um, I'm going to take University of Central Florida. You're just taking UCF. Kyle says. Sounds like a, sounds like a um, wrestling group. The UCF. Kyle says Georgia Tech. Because my daughter got stung by a yellow jacket last week since I didn't pick them against FSU. So hmm. he is taking Georgia Tech. I am going to take Central Florida. Okay. Up next, Beach, Florida Atlantic at Georgia Southern. Now Those sound like made-up schools. No, those, those are two real schools. Two real schools. Now, before I... Uh, let you make this pick. Got to find Kyle's pick here. <clears throat> uh, 
Oh, Kyle didn't pick it. <coughs> Appalachian COVID. State, Notre Dame, Georgia Tech. Yeah, he didn't pick it. I'll have to get Kyle. You need to tell me who you're picking in this game. So, Beach, before you pick, mm-hmm. Florida Atlantic is coached by one Mr. Willie Taggart. Really? That's where he ended up? Yep, at Georgia Southern. Yeah, he's still, but he's still getting paid by FSU, too. <laughs> he probably worked for free just to keep himself in the in the, uh, in the spotlight there. I don't think that boy would do anything for free. Oh, he's, is he a whore for the money? I think, yeah. I think, I think he's a guy that's just going for the money. I don't trust people named Willie, that's for sure. <laughs> so Florida Atlantic at Georgia Southern. Well, then let's go with Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern, be just taking. It's the Peach State. Um, I am going to take Florida Atlantic, but I hope Georgia Southern wins. All right, next up, Central Arkansas at Arkansas State. Oh. Hmm. Bill Clinton doesn't even live in Arkansas anymore, does he? Don't they all live up in New York? Hillary does. I don't think they live together. Oh, do they not? I don't know. Yeah. Would you? You know, it always just cracks me up that these these people are governors of states and then they don't end up living there the rest of their lives, right? Oh, yeah. Like, I, I ran the state so well, I'm getting the hell out. Oh, like uh, one Mr. Kitzhaber? That's the thing I'm thinking about, yeah. I, I did such a poor job of of running this state for, for the eight years I controlled it that there's no way in hell I'm going to stay here any longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that tells you, yeah. Reminds me of the time I went and played, um, I was uh, sitting at a blackjack table at Spirit Mountain. And this, I'm, I'm at the table by myself. This person comes up, sits down, new deck. Guys, the gal sitting next to me, the, the dealer offers her to split the deck. She splits the deck. Dealer does the final shuffle. She walks away, doesn't take the first hand. Ends up uh, giving the blackjack three or the dealer three blackjacks in a row against me. Oh, geez. I was pissed. I was pissed as hell. Same thing, you yeah. know. You 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 set the, you you stack the deck and then you walk away. Yeah. Would so, have been anyway, three, would have been blackjacks for you. Yeah, it would have been totally off because the cards would have totally been shifted. Mm-hmm. So. Um, if she would have at least stayed for the first hand, at least a hand. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyways. Okay, where were we? Sorry. <laughs> Squirrel. <laughs> Central Arkansas at Arkansas State. Oh, yeah. We're talking about Bill Clinton. Yeah, yeah. So, so you're taking Arkansas anyway. State. Kyle says, you taking Arkansas State? I think I'm going to take Arkansas State. Kyle says. You know, when I think of Arkansas, I think of ass. Arkansas State. Kyle says, Arkansas State, because winning against a central Arkansas is like kissing your cousin. And Arkansas is all about kissing your cousin. <laughs> I'm too taking Arkansas State. <laughs> okay, and the last one, Beach. The University of Miami at Louisville. Is this the University of Miami, Florida, or the University of Miami, uh, Ohio? Okay, the University of Miami, the University of Miami in Ohio is Miami University. Oh, okay. This is the okay. University of Miami, which is in Florida. Okay, which is also referred to affectionately as the U. Okay. 
That's that's all I know. Okay, so they're playing who? At Louisville. Louisville. Home of baseball bats and truck plants. Um, I don't know if the truck plant is still there. They used to build four trucks there. And hot browns. Oh, yeah, hot browns. We How many years ago was that? Long time ago. Yeah. Um... I hear my. I heard the U sucks. Let's go with Louisville. Okay. I am taking Miami. Kyle says Miami. I don't want the whole song. Just a sound clip of "Here I Am." Rock you like a hurricane if Miami wins. And we'll do that. Well, I'll do that next week. But that's one of those songs that's always. Have you ever listened to the lyrics to that song? Hmm. The Rocky Like a Hurricane? Rocky Like a Hurricane. Okay, yeah. this is always kill, kills me about the lyrics, right? The lyrics are, It's early morning, the sun comes out, Last night was shaking and pretty loud. My cat is purring, it scratches my skin. So what is wrong with another sin? So, my, my question there is, My cat is purring. Is Is that a euphemism? I mean, I hope it is, right? Mm-hmm. But this is a guy singing, right? Yeah, it's a dude singing. So my cat is purring. It scratches my sin, my skin. So what is wrong with another sin? The bitch is hungry. She needs to tell. So give her inches and feed her well. More days to come. New places to go. I've got to leave. It's time for a show. Here I am. Rock you like a hurricane. So I'm hoping the kit, the cat purring is a euphemism for you can imagine like his girlfriend. Yeah. Cause if not, that is the dumbest freaking line ever. Well, you know, it reminds me of the, uh, the first, um, cause later in God the song, gave... he doesn't even say cat. He says my kitty. Huh. My kitty is purring. It scratches my skin. What were we going to say? Okay. It reminds me of the, uh, of the verses in God gave rock and roll to you by, uh, there's another not, one. Not, not the Kiss version, the Kiss but the one that the no. one that was done before them. What who who did that? Ar- oh. It wasn't Arch, was it? Uh, no. But it's what's the the lyrics in that one? Kiss wrote good lyrics for it to the same tune. So um, But You got it there? Yeah. It is Argent. Yeah, I thought it was Argent. And so the lyrics, here we go. Lyrics for Argent. Um, let's see, the first, the first. Uh, I hope you play this in the background for these people in case they've never heard it before. But the, it's like God gave rock and roll to you. Gave rock and roll. And see, now I'm only getting that's that's the lyrics from the Kiss version. Let me see. Everyone don't know for sure. Nothing that I can't find a cure. But you're getting less than what you're looking for. That's the Kiss version. Don't like don't step in. Don't don't step on trees. I don't know what it yeah. is. Okay, here we go. Lyrics for the Argent version. Okay. Um, 
So, uh, love your friend and love your neighbor. Love your life and love your labor. No, it's never too late to change your mind. Don't step on, <laughs> don't step on snails. Don't climb in trees. Love Cliff Richard, but please don't tease. It's never too late to change your mind. Who's Cliff Richard? Uh, God dang it, Beej. You got all this stuff. <laughs> Cliff Richard is a singer. Um, is a British singer, musician, former actor, and philanthropist. Born in 1940. Oh, okay. I wonder why he was in that song. I don't know. You know, yeah. but ACDC sing about Gary Glitter. So. Yeah. But anyways. Yeah. Now the other, the other, the other um, lyric is the same. Okay. Pretty much. But yeah, yeah. So it doesn't. Uh, yeah. Step on snails and don't climb in trees. Like, what the hell? Yeah, because that, that's all about God giving rock and roll to you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we're getting all sidetracked here. All right, Beach. Uh, I think actually that's all we've got today. Do you have anything else to add? Um, nothing. My my, Because uh, I, I, our last thing was the fire, right? Did Our last podcast was with well, the fire. Yeah, and I feel kind of bad because uh, I – we had to stitch those because last week, obviously beach had the fire that happened out by his house on Monday mm-hmm. night. And so when I edited it together, it was actually basically two different conversations we had. So I had to, had to edit those two pieces together. So between them, I edited in the song from kiss, get the firehouse. Get oh, okay. The fi- okay. But then after everything started going really bad on Tuesday and Wednesday, I felt kind of crappy about it. Oh, well, I had somebody tell me, you, you know, you sounded really concerned when you when when it started, but then when you came back, you didn't seem very concerned. That I was like, yeah, my neighbor's house is on fire, yeah. and so and I'm like, I'm like, well, you got to understand. After we we ended the Skype call, I called Bill up on his cell phone so we could chat real quick because I'm walking out, and it was just eerie walking out. I think I might have mentioned this, but it was just eerie. It was it was hot and windy, and then there's glow from the fire going on. But, uh, yeah, my neighbor, I mean, thank God, I, the next day I drove over there and took a look. Yeah, we drove up there. The boys and I drove up there and looked at it. On yeah, sun, so bur- on burned all the grass in their front yard. On Went up, up to the driveway. Did you notice that? Yeah, and it jumped the street on a couple different yeah, sides. All three, yeah, all three sides. The, the, the vineyard above them got hit a little bit, and then the arborvitae uh, on the north side of them got hit a little bit. Yeah, I noticed that. But, uh, yeah, she said they never lost power, though. That was the odd thing. Um, so that, that power line that caused it fed my house and my neighbor's house across the street, but everybody else on this street and that house are on a different grid. Really? And yeah. So, um, so I, I'd lost power for what about a day and a half. And, uh, and it was funny because my neighbors across the street, Savannah and Jason, I'm, uh, we're like, I'm like, do you guys still have power? They're like, no, do you? I'm like, no, but everybody else does. And it's freaking me out. (laughs) So weird. So, yeah, so it finally came on at like 2.30. Let's see, so it was off. It, that was Monday night that we recorded. So I lost it all Tuesday. And then I think would have been Wednesday morning at uh, Wednesday morning at uh, like 2.30 in the morning, it finally came on. Huh. So, so weird. But uh, now I ended up buying a generator. And because what, what sucks, um, when you live out here, I don't have any water because yeah. the well quit. Yeah. So that's the worst part. I mean, I have natural gas, so I can heat the water. I so just can't keep that, the water coming. That generator won't run your whole house? 
No, um, actually, my, my problem was because I have the Airbnb going on, I had guests coming in that night and I needed them to have something. And so I bought the generator. We wired it really quickly so that we reversed the, the wires. So instead of um, the power coming from the power grid, we disconnected it from the grid and we hooked it up to the generator and ran power from the generator into the barn. But it has a limited on how much amps it can do. Yeah. And so the good thing is I got most LEDs in there so the lights don't take any power. But I got air conditioning and I've got a heated floor in the shower. Mm-hmm. And I've got, um, um, let's see, wanna, yeah, and I got music that plays also, which again doesn't draw much juice. But I have the the choice was either a hot water heater or air conditioning because the hot water heater out there is is um, is electric. Hmm. So the the guests didn't come until like I think six or seven o'clock at night. So we've been running the air conditioning all day to try to cool it down. Mm-hmm. And then I went up to him and I said, okay. I said, unfortunately, we're running on, on juice. I had no power in my house. I just let my house go. I'm like, screw it. I'm more concerned about them. But I did have well the well running, so that was good. So we got the well running, and then when I went up there, I said, okay. said, we got a choice here. We can either keep the air conditioning going, and you're going to have cold water, or we can shut the AC off, and you can have hot water. <laughs> and I said, what's your preference? And they said, we'll take hot water, please. I said, okay. We're going to turn the AC off for the night, and we're going to we're going to flip the switch and, and turn that on. And they said, that's fine. And I think it did okay because it didn't get too hot that day. Mm-hmm. So, And then, like I said, in the middle of the night, at 2.30 in the morning, my lights all turn on on the house, and everything flips on. So then uh, I went out, shut the generator off, and flipped the gizzy and got it back on normal power. Yeah, I saw that cord hanging out of your pump house. Yeah, it works pretty slick, though. So now, at least in the future, if I lose it, normally during the wintertime, I will still have uh, well water, and I can always move out to the barn if I need to. There you go. Yeah. Right on. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to show number 142 of Illegal Participation. Remember, if you'd like to send a comment, suggestion, or ask a question, HeinrichTailgaterGmail.com, at HeinrichTailgater on Twitter, HeinrichTailgater on Facebook. Remember, listen and subscribe, and uh, leave us a rating on whatever your favorite podcatcher is. Beach! Billy! It's been real, it's been fun, but it hasn't been real fun. Actually, it's been good, Beach. Yeah, that was good for considering we haven't had a football game. Yeah, well, I like getting together and shoot the crap with you. So. Yeah, that's it's kind of fun. Yeah, and see where we go, you know. Into the weeds. Song lyrics and in the weeds. <laughs> so uh, until next week, here's a great big Go Bees. What's up, Squeege? Hola, mi amigo. ¿Qué pasa? Oh, not much. You know, it's come to my attention I work too much. Oh, so, yeah, I could have told you that. Yeah, I, I left. Uh, 
I left uh, home this morning. Actually, I slept in a little bit. I had to meet a customer up in Chehalis at, at 9, so I didn't have to leave here until, what, 6.37? Oh, yeah? And uh, it took me two hours to get up there. And uh, But then I ended up working till like, 6.30. So, anyway, good times. Noodle salad. Yep. <clears throat> Do you have a update? I have an update. Do you have a song? I do have a song. Do you have a clue? No, I don't have a clue. Okay, and I'm kind of faking some of this, but hopefully it'll all work out in the end. So it's kind of like your ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, then we're right on point. Mm-hmm. All right, you ready to do this? Yeah, let's do it. Let's make it happen. No yawning. I'm not yawning. If you yawn, I'm going to make shit of you. Okay, I'm not yawning. Don't be yawning. Hold on, one more. Let me give me a yawn out. Oh, yeah. All right, I'm good. Let's do this. Hey, that was a good one. I thought it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, so, all over the place. Did you like the Billy Joel one? I thought that was kind of, I was, like I said, had another one planned, but that one, I'm like, you know, this one might be fun to talk about. There you go. I like it. Yeah. Isn't that shocking? It only made it to number 25. That is. It is really interesting. Yeah, I figured. I mean, I always thought it was the number one because it's one of his biggest hits. Yeah. But uh, it's might, might have been one that's grown on over time. And who knows? Maybe it grew bigger because people listened to the whole version instead of the three-minute version. Could be. Yeah. It could be. 